Good day, everyone. My name is Alex Guglielmo, and this is my podcast. Uh, I want to start with a introduction about who I am. My name is Alex. As I said, I'm 21 years old. I was born in New York, just outside New York City, and that's where I grew up my entire childhood. I uh, lived there for most of my life. I currently live in Utah. I'm a student at Brigham Young University. I'm 21 years old. I am a registered Republican. I identify as a conservative. And I believe that our country is in jeopardy of losing its freedom and its liberty. I believe this country is in danger of becoming a dictatorship, an authoritarian regime, serving Karl Marx and his ideology. And I believe that it is time for people like me to be more vocal, as vocal as we can be, to prevent that from happening. Um, so I want to say that this podcast is going to be about political issues. It's going to be about taking our country back from the woke mob, the left, the the democratic socialists, the squad, whoever you want to call them, Joe Biden and his, and his minions, uh, the fake news, all of these people with their agendas and their ideology that are anti-American. And it cannot go on, because if it goes on for much longer, we are going to lose our country. And the moment we lose our country, we lose our freedom. And the moment we lose our freedom, what is there to live for? Today, uh, I don't have a script. I have not written anything down. I am speaking from the heart of what I truly feel and what I believe is important. Uh, I have no... I have very little computer skills, and especially in regards to sound editing. I don't have a team or anything. I'm doing this all by myself. Um, so this is a one-shot ordeal. We, uh, we just speak and we speak and we speak and, and we share inspired thoughts. Uh, and that's, that's exactly what I'm going to do. We're going to talk about the COVID pandemic. We're going to talk about guns and the Second Amendment. We're going to talk about free speech and how that's under attack. We're going to talk about the economy and inflation. We're going to talk about what's going on in Canada with those truckers. And uh, if you haven't paid attention to that one, I really invite you to just look that up and, and learn about it and, and see what democracy looks like. Because if you put on CNN, they'll call it, you know, they'll say that it's, it's sedition and it's an insurrection and it's attack on democracy. No, that is democracy in action. The people wanting to be heard. They have up there a prime minister who uh, some allege is actually the son of Fidel Castro. We'll leave that one up to the conspiracy theorists. But he doesn't pay attention to them. So they keep honking their horns. Let's go, truckers. I support you. Uh, we're going to talk about Tony Fauci and how China created this pandemic and how they cover it up. We're going to talk about how Joe Biden and his corrupt family are bought by China and by Ukraine and by other places around the world, too. It's not just them. And we're going to talk about how, as a young conservative, what you need to do uh, to protect yourself from the woke left and their poisonous ideology. We're going to talk about what the future of the Republican Party ought to be and the current issues as they come up. And uh, we look to the future, uh, the elections that are coming up and, and who to vote for and how to decide who to vote for. I'm not going to say that I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. I think sometimes I will tell you who to vote for. Let's say in three years from now, or I guess you know, two years from now, and 
and we have the 2024 presidential election and the Democratic nominee is Kamala Harris and the Republican nominee is Donald Trump, I'm going to tell you hands down, you better not vote for Kamala Harris because then you are sending this country, you're selling this country away to the globalists, to the George Soros funded globalists that, that want to see this country fall and rise with the new world order. And we can't let it happen. We cannot let it happen. We're going to have some uh, people on here. This will probably be the only time that I'm alone, but I, uh, but I had to do this because every day that I don't do it is a day wasted and is another day closer to us losing our beautiful country. But we're going to have people on and we're going to have conversations and we're going to talk and we'll, you know, exchange ideas and anybody will be welcome on here. This isn't just for conservatives or Republicans. I, I want libertarians. I have a friend who is a registered libertarian and I want him to be one of the first people on. You know who you are. I'm sure you'll listen to this. I have registered Democrats. I'd love to see come on and talk with me and I'm not going to you know, be condescending to them. I want open dialogue. And that's what I hope will happen. It's difficult with those people because, you know, it's hard to defend what they stand for. So then they call you a racist. And if anybody ever calls you a racist, push back. I mean, you have to. You cannot be weak with them because they will destroy you. They will pull you down and they'll cancel you. We're going to talk about cancel culture. We're going to talk about everything and the things that you want to talk about. We're going to, oh, you know, start a, an email and, a, and an Instagram and um, probably not a Twitter because I don't think a Twitter account of this nature would last very long. And honestly, who even uses Twitter anyway? Uh, and I want to take questions. And we're going to talk about, you know, those questions. We're going to talk about government and how it works and how you can participate. You know, I, I have uh, a very strong opinion that civics is probably the most important thing that schools will teach, and they don't teach it. Some schools do, but it is very lacking. We're going to talk about how our government works and what the Supreme Court does and what Congress does and, you know, why, what the process for a new justice is. That's, that's coming up soon. Um, we're going to have a, a Supreme Court hearing. I'm very excited to see how that goes down. It won't change the ideological makeup of the court. It won't be as exciting as uh, the lovely Amy Coney Barrett. But, um, you know, we're going to start off small and we're going to work our way up and we're going to get this as big as we can because the bigger we get this, the more power we take from the, from, from the elites and the pe from the people that want to destroy this country. Um, a more background on me, I was... Never, I mean, as a 12-year-old kid, I wasn't very into politics. I know I wanted Mitt Romney to win instead of Barack Obama, but that was only because my parents uh, supported John McCain and Mitt Romney. They were very afraid of Obama. and uh, But I watched the debates, actually, and I didn't really understand them that well. But I'll tell you this. I thought Obama was a great speaker, and that he was. Yet, as I got older through his second term and I saw the terrible things happening in this country, I realized just because he was a good speaker doesn't mean he was a very good president. And 2016 rolls around and, you know, you've got Jeb Bush running on the Republican side and Ted Cruz running and Marco Rubio. And on the other side, you have Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. And I have to tell you, actually, I didn't think uh, before I learned a lot about him, 
I liked Bernie because he was an outsider. He wanted to shake things up. Then I realized, well, this guy's a communist and he wants to shake things up a little too much. But uh, I think it was something like 10% of Bernie Sanders voters uh, voted for Donald Trump instead of Hillary Clinton because for that reason, there was a little bit of an overlap and that appealed to me. And that's why I, I, I liked him more than, than Hillary. And she was evil. I mean, she's evil. She's a criminal. And innocent Americans have died on her watch. And uh, we have to remember that because there's talk that she's going to run in 2024. And, oh, we, ha we can't let that happen. We cannot let that happen. That will be the death of America. I've said it before, and I'll say it right now. The best thing that Donald Trump ever did was stop Hillary Clinton from becoming president. But anyway, I, I see these people on the Republican side and I say none of them are good. None of them are strong enough. We don't need another Bush. And you've got these one-term senators, Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz, that are uh, no, and probably won't do much better of a job than Obama did. One term in the Senate, and not even a whole term, four, two, you know, four years in the Senate, five years in the Senate, is not enough time has not enough experience to be president. We made that mistake in 2008, and look what happened. Look what happened. Too much experience is also bad. Joe Biden was in the Senate for, uh, for 36 years, and then he became vice president for eight years, and he's doing an even worse job than Obama did. I, I, I honestly think that Joe Biden, I'm not sure if I will say that he's the worst president we've ever had, but he's definitely in the bottom three. Obama is, is not in the bottom three. He's in the bottom half, but I don't even know if he's in the bottom quarter, honestly. Uh, he gets a, a, a bad rap because it's modern, but as history goes on, um, he'll be seen as a, as, a, as a third quarter, a third quartile president. Not good, but not one of the worst. Um, Joe Biden will go down as one of, if not the worst. I mean, he is, he is rivaling the worst. Um, he's there with Jimmy Carter, and and um, Woodrow Wilson, and he's only been around for 13 months. So we've got quite a ways to go. There's actually a thousand days until uh, election day, 2024. So let's see what he can do in a thousand days. If he keeps it up, he will go down as the worst one in history. But then a man um, comes down his escalator in his hundred million dollar penthouse building on Fifth Avenue, Donald Trump, and I'm. He goes, I am officially running for president, and he says it how it is. He says, they sold this country out to China. They've sold this, all our jobs to China. They destroyed manufacturing, and I will bring it back. And nobody else said that. He says, they are pouring over the, the border into this country, our southern border, and they're bringing drugs, and they're bringing crime, and nobody wanted to say it, but it's true. It's true. I just saw today, actually, that um, in 2021, 11,000 pounds of fentanyl were seized at the border. And that's not all that came over. That's all that we caught. We have no idea what percentage we caught. Maybe we do. Um, and they're just not telling us because it's that low. I mean, what if it's 10%? What if it's, what if it's 80%? That, you know, that's, that's still 2,000 pounds getting in. But that 11,000 pounds that we caught is enough to kill 2 billion people. It's enough to kill everybody in the United States eight times over or nine times over. I'm not, a, uh, I'm not very great with math. I'm a political science major. Either way, it's scary. And he said it and he called it out. They're bringing drugs. That's where most of the drugs are coming from. 
this fentanyl, it's out of control. And I will build a wall and we will fix it and we will make America great again and we will do it together. And not Washington. No, Washington's not going to do it. Cleveland, Ohio is going to do it. And Des Moines, Iowa. And Salt Lake City, Utah. And Billings, Montana. And and, uh, Albany, New York. And Macon, Georgia. And all around the country. The people. Because it is our government. It is our country. A government of the people, by the people, for the people. And now Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell. Yes, I said Mitch McConnell, a Republican, have forgotten that. And they're in it for themselves. And I started getting more interested. I'll tell you, I said when when he ran and he went down that escalator and had that speech, I said, this man is going to win. And only one time throughout the entire campaign was I not sure. And that was when the Access Hollywood tape came out. I said, this might be the end of him. But he bounced back. And the night, you know, election day, election night before the polls closed, my mom asked me, she said, do you really think he's going to win? I said, I absolutely, I know he's going to win. He didn't win the way I thought he would. I got 50, uh, 50 out of the 55 statewide competitions. There's 55 because you have all 50 states, three congressional districts in Nebraska, and two in Maine. So it's 55 total. And I got 50 right. In 2020, I got 52 out of 55 right. Both times, I guessed better than the polls did. I guessed better than the mainstream media did because... I did a lot of research, and I'm very knowledgeable on that, and I'm very knowledgeable on these issues and the current events, that's what's going on. And I want to share some of that knowledge with you. And this is uh, why I have to do this, because if it's up to them, they want to keep everybody in this country ignorant and stupid, and it's very sad, and they're succeeding. They're succeeding. Um, The control of information is how you keep people oppressed, and a great example is the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. You know, for all the the whole time I heard that this is really where the idea of a podcast really started was with my friends, we would, you know, all watch the trial to some extent. And I watched it more than anybody because it it was bigger than him. It was bigger than a self-defense case of Wisconsin. This was, it was more than that. It was this, you know, a fight of of left versus right, of good versus evil, and what is good for our country. And I saw these people in the media try to destroy him. It became, it was the most political thing I've ever seen. Within two days, within less than 48 hours of the event happening, they had the charges for him. And that's pretty, pretty rare. I mean, they didn't even have, you know, any video. They didn't have much evidence at that point. And they had no case, and they had no case from the beginning, and that wasn't a surprise, and nobody was surprised when he was found not guilty. You know who was surprised? The people who listened to CNN, the people who listened to Joy Reid on MSNBC, the people who were told by the TV that Kyle Rittenhouse brought an AR-15 from Illinois over state lines. Never happened. The AR-15 never entered Illinois. It was in Wisconsin. The whole time. He was from out of state. Yes. His primary residence was, I forget the name of the town in Illinois, just over the border. It was 17 miles, I believe, from Kenosha where he lived. His father lived in Kenosha. He'd spend time in Kenosha. He considered Kenosha to be a second home. So he wasn't this outsider. And, you know, he, oh, he shot these people and he killed them. And 
and he's a white supremacist. I don't know how he's a white supremacist when the people he shot were white. But oh, he just killed them for fun. Really, he didn't shoot them until they had him on the ground. It's ridiculous. They lied. They lied. Because they don't, they're afraid. They're afraid of losing their power. Especially during this pandemic, we have given them more power than they've ever had. And we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about how at this point, this, this whole thing is a sham. It's real. The virus is real. And the virus did kill a lot of people. And you can thank China for that. And you can thank Tony Fauci for that. And you can thank Tony Fauci and the media and Democratic states for killing a lot more with their lockdowns. Uh, John Hopkins University, they, they did... A study, and they were, you know, the ones leading the the statistics and the and the counting of of the of the um, of the tests and the deaths and the hospitalizations across the country. It the the lockdowns lowered the death rate by you know 0.2 percent. We would have had 0.2 percent more deaths if we didn't lock down. We destroyed the best economy we ever had, and destroyed millions of people's livelihoods to save that few people. You know, by the CDC's own, um, by their own information, only 6% of people that got COVID who died from COVID were healthy people. That's about 35,000 people the last time I did the math. So <laughs> was it worth it? Absolutely not. It was never about public health. It was about submission control. And that's, and we can't let it happen again. But but I saw the case and I saw all these people on the woke left flipping out online that he was found not guilty. And, you know, he's, oh, this guy's a sad day for this country. We have, you know, a vigilante, white vigilanteism. He's running free. And that simply wasn't true. And we're going to talk about Kyle Rittenhouse. Um, I have a perfect person I want to talk about that with. We're going to talk about the idea of self-defense. We're going to talk about the idea of guns and, and him having the gun and... And, and the public reaction to that because it astonished me. There's, that should not have been controversial, him being not guilty. But it was because they're not about facts. They're about their drive is not fact. Their drive is emotion. And it's, it's a sad thing. And uh, there were other things that inspired me too. Joe Rogan and what happened with him and you know what's going on with him, I should say. is it's, It is uh, current with his... And I'll quote Jen Psaki here, Mrs. Circleback herself, um, his disinformation and misinformation, um, and he's hurting people. I don't think he's hurting people more than uh, a vaccine that does absolutely nothing against Omicron. You know who said that? Wrong. It wasn't a, you know, a, a Republican senator. It wasn't a right-wing talk show host. It wasn't a doctor bought by the Republican Party. It was the CEO of Pfizer who said in a congressional hearing, they won't report this, of course, but he said in a congressional hearing that my you know, vaccine, my company's vaccine, has little to no effect on the Omicron variant. And so why are we sticking, you know, three of these shots in our kids? I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Let me, I mean, you know, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Uh, I believe in vaccines. When I have children, they'll get their vaccines, they'll, you know, chicken pox and measles and and mumps and uh, and polio, if they even still give that vaccine, they'll get their vaccines. They wouldn't get a COVID vaccine. They wouldn't get a um, experimental gene therapy 
And because of that, uh, you know, oh, it's misinformation or disinformation. No, it's not. It's common sense. And so I want to, you know, just point out here that I'm not a right wing nut. I'm really not. Uh, we'll do that one time. We'll actually talk about uh, there's this great quiz, isidewith.com, in which, you know, it asks you a bunch of issues and we'll do that. And, it, and we're going we're gonna to learn a lot and we're going to become stronger, all of us together as United. So I'm, um, you know, I hope that this is, I guess, a, uh, like I said, this is a pretty unique one. Um, we're going to have somebody with me here um, for most of the episodes, unless there's something, you know, that's very pressing and I just have no time to wait and we have to talk about it. But the sooner we get these out and uploaded, the, the sooner we can take back our country. And that's exactly what we're going to do. Um, and so this is kind of exactly, you know, this is how it's going to go down. And this is the stuff we're going to talk about. I jumped around a bit, but, I, you know, I plan to spend, you know, 15 to 20 minutes on each issue on its own episode. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens here. And, and I'm very flexible on, on what comes up. And like I said, if there's things we, that people want us to talk about, we'll talk about it. Um, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for our country. I'm not doing this for me. I'm in school, you know, with credits and uh, a job and a, a, a wonderful dating life. That's a joke. <laughs> I actually, uh, I do have a lot of things going on, but this is important. And to not do this when I have a, a knack for it would be a shame. I see it as a service and I'm here to make sure that we, that, that we take our country back one step at a time, one podcast episode at a time, one vote at a time. Oh, and that's another thing we're going to talk about, election integrity. Don't let them fool you. They're not on our side. They don't believe in our country. They want it to fail. They want it to fall apart, and we cannot let them do that, and we won't let them do that. And this is the very first step. So I thank you very much for, for listening. Um, as I said, you know, I'll, I'll share this. Um, and there will be a social media page that will create and an email address. And any questions, comments, concerns, if you want to be on, I'd love to have you. And don't think that, oh, I don't know anything. Because that's, that's, that's pretty bad thinking. Don't think so bad about yourself. You might not be, you know, an expert on the Second Amendment, but I think if I asked you, why do you think it's important that we should defend ourselves as, a, you know, as citizens? Uh, I think we could have a beautiful conversation about anything. Believe in yourself. Believe in yourself, and I believe in you. And we're gonna we're gonna do this, and it's gonna be a beautiful thing. And our, we're gonna take our country back. We're going to do it. The brighter days are ahead. This, the, uh, to quote, uh, I don't know who first said it, but the night is darkest before the dawn. And believe me, the dawn is coming, which means the darkest days are here. And it might get darker. I don't know when the dawn will be, but it will come. I have hope. I do believe in this country. To, uh, to quote Stephen Breyer, when he was at the White House announcing his retirement, he talked about that, that the American experiment, it's for each generation to pass on to the next. And another thing here, I like to be fair. Stephen Breyer, 
I don't really like his opinions as a justice, but I think he's an honorable man, and I, th I commend his 30-year service on the court. I thank him, and he summed it up beautifully. It's the American experiment, democracy, and it's up to each generation to pass it on to the next. And he says, I am hopeful, and I'm an optimist, that we will continue to do so, and that my children and my grandchildren and their children and their grandchildren will get to experience the blessings of liberty, just as I have. And it's because of people like us that, are, that it's going to happen. So I thank you. Um, I appreciate your time. Be well. Be safe. Stay woke.